So how you doing? Mike, nothing in my world is different from the last time we spoke. Everything is the same. So let's just go straight into the show. All right, so we said that we were going to talk about your Spaceship U video. I was initially, I think at the end of the last episode, I referenced it as like, oh, we're going to talk a lot about working from home, right? Yeah, this, this is this is Cortex 102. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think in your initial pitch of we're over 100 and for podcast numbers that are easy for you to remember when referencing stuff for people in the future. Yep. 101 was like productivity 101. And then if we're following the college numbering structure, this would be course 102. Working from home, I think, was the was the rough idea. But the more I thought about it and the more that, because well, I've watched the video, I watched the director's commentary that you put out for uh, your Patreon subscribers. And I kind of realized that this idea and the time that we're in right now, mm-hmm. it's more than just working from home. It's bringing your work to home, but doing everything at home. And that's slightly different. So mm-hmm. like working from home will be a part of this episode, but it's also going to have some quarantine working from home, which is a different thing. It's like an extra level. It's like it's it's like level two of working from home. Because not only are you working from home, you also can't then go out <laughs> afterwards. You just go to another part of the home. It's yeah. it's a it's a very different beast. Yeah, it's it's working from home slash working from home arrest. That's that's a little bit right. what it's like. Right. It's a house arrest type yeah. deal. Okay. I hadn't thought of it in those terms yet. I'm kind of pleased that you went with the spaceship metaphor rather than the prisoner metaphor uh, for the video. Yeah, no, the, the spaceship metaphor is much better for, for a whole variety of reasons. Yeah. No, I, 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 get, I get what you mean, that, that in the situation of doing everything from home is, a, is like a level of difficulty above yep. simply a conversation about working from home. Yep. But one necessarily contains the other and also the whole like circumstances around working from home right now is typically different to the before time of working from home which was that most people would choose it and it was like i have this great thing now i've always wanted to work from home Mm -hmm. and stay in my pajamas and do my work and so it was like for a lot of people like a success or a badge of honor or like a reward Mm -hmm. but now it's like you got to do it whether you want to do it or not. And there are yeah. people that do and there are people that don't and there are people that think that they can't, right? Or people that actually can't. And it's it's a very different way of being put into this environment for a lot of people with no time to prepare. Yeah. I, so. I also I also think because there there are great challenges of working from home which are yep. non-obvious before you actually do it. For sure there has been a proportion of people who were always thinking God, I would just love to work from home who are now going, nope. (laughs) I I have been disabused of my my fanciful idea about what it would be like to work at home. And it's a, a time when you can recognize how 
helpful a lot of the structures in the world are that you may otherwise just take for granted. Yep. You're like, oh, working from home, it's going to be just like working in the office, except minus all the annoying parts. It's like, oh, no, <laughs> that's not what it's like. How about a different set of annoying parts? You can have that <laughs> instead. So I actually think in, you know, it's in real time, like people listening in real time in May of 2020, mm-hmm. this is probably a good time to do this episode to have this discussion because most people that have started working from home the shine will have worn off by now yeah for sure so this is a good time to maybe you think you understand or have understood like the way that this is working for you Mm -hmm. maybe we can help add some stuff in to make it a little bit more easy and Mm -hmm. more manageable so Spaceship U is the concept behind this video. Can you give a, a, a recap of the overall idea of what this concept means? Yeah, I think the way I would put it is if there's anything that I feel like I know about being productive and working, it's this important concept of the separation of spaces yep. and to associate doing different activities in different areas this for me is something that over the course of my life has has been an idea that maybe is like the most persistent idea that has has stuck with me in all the various iterations of how i work is always trying to be very strict about you do work in this area and you relax in this area and and to separate those things out so this is this has been a real background idea that i think once i talk about it in terms of spaceship you it becomes obvious like, oh, I've been discussing this idea in various different ways for years is kind of like coming back to the same concept. Like going to the library to write. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And the the thing with Spaceship U is <laughs> there's now this, this great framing device, which is a global pandemic, mm-hmm. which I think really highlights the need for structure in a person's life in ways that may not have been obvious before yeah and so i think that this is really this key concept of either working from home or just being in a self-isolation situation that there's this really key meta skill which is creating structure for yourself and that can mean a lot of different things But I think that one of the easiest ways to get started with this concept is with as much physical separation of of the spaces that you possibly can do. And so I think the four starter spaces that I have for if you're in an environment is like you need a place to sleep, you need a place to work, you need a place to exercise, and you need a place to relax. And as much as you can distinguish those spaces from each other, you should do that. And so I think that's that's the overall idea of what's going on with Spaceship U. But you present it in a really nice way of like showing the isolation as being in space. Like it's just like a really clever way to create something softer than what's actually happening. <laughs> I'm being a little delicate. And I think it was the right way to do it. Like I remember when you told me about this idea and like I really pressed on you that I thought it was a good one to pursue, right? Because mm-hmm. the framing device is so much better than if you just presented this video 
even like the yearly themes video that you did where you're like, I have this idea that I think will be useful to you in the situation that we're in. Go around your home and do this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's way too real. But showing it in this fictionalized world of like, we're all going up in space because the world isn't habitable anymore, right? And it, we're going to take care of it and then you can come back. It's a way nicer way to get this message across to me in an entertaining way rather than in a way where I have to face my reality while watching it. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're just floating in a little spaceship. Yeah. You're not locked down in your home. Yeah. They're two, they're two fundamentally different things. And it allows for a nice like metaphorical separation for when you are trying to put these things into effect at home anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it helps you think like, oh, I'm just priming the physical part of the core, right? Like that's what I'm doing right now. And it's just nice. I, I think those... I think humans like that type of stuff. No, I, I, I agree with that. And it also sort of goes to the theme video that I made where there's, there's a question of resonance. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's easier for these ideas to sometimes resonate with people in a particular form. And in talking to people, I could see that the spaceship idea was resonant with a lot of people. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, OK, good. This is this is on the right track. Part of the reason I was able to make the video so quickly is because it is also an idea that I've been trying to write and work on in in various forms. Like, spoiler alert, you know, these aren't just good ideas for the pandemic. This is, you know, Spaceship You is life. Mm -hmm. But I'd I'd never quite found uh, the right way to pitch it. And so, yeah, like the pandemic provided... Both the idea of the spaceship, which had never really crossed my mind before, and it is a nice framing device. I do have it in the back of my mind that maybe at some point in the future I'd like to do like a like a spaceship U version two. If there's a way to do it and remove the framing of the pandemic, but you know that'll that'll be like at some point in the future maybe. Yeah, I mean, well, because that is the second part of it. That is almost the yearly themes idea part of it. Of like mm-hmm. these are just good ideas that you can put into effect in your life always yeah yeah I'm, I'm, and i'm really happy with the way it came out I, yeah. I had this i had this little bit of a conflict of because i don't really like to do videos that are contemporary mm-hmm. I, I just had, a, I had this little bit of a conflict of like oh man this is an idea i've been mulling over for like a decade and i'm i don't entirely want to spend it on a contemporary video yeah but I'm glad I did. Like I'm glad I Good. did this. And and if I want to do a version two that more generalizes it, that's always an option. But I'm I'm glad I did it this way. And, and it's been very positively received. So, yeah. Uh, I've been pleased with the way it came out. But you know, like I think if this show has, has proved anything, the two of us always have various ideas about <laughs> being productive. Like you know, yeah. you you can incorporate these into another thing later on, right? Like they're not burned by being used here. But I think it was good to put this out there for now. This idea of there are like these four things. You've got to be physical. You've got to have somewhere to work. You've got to have somewhere to sleep. You've got to have somewhere to relax. And that these spaces need to be defined in some way. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Like It is a very powerful message. But I actually want to jump ahead a little bit in what I prepared for today to talk about some of the practicalities of creating these spaces at home. Mm-hmm. Because I know, like, I've been, I've been reading some of the feedback to the video and stuff, and I think that's something that a lot of people have struggled with, which is, like, I live in a one-bedroom apartment, or mm. I have children. You know, like, there are, like, various reasons why I can't split up my home. Like, I have one computer, how can and it's fixed to a desk. Like, how am I supposed to do this? 
And I thought that maybe here we have a lot more time to expand than you do in the videos, right? <laughs> so maybe we yeah. could dig into some of these practical things a little bit. Is like so kind of the idea of if you want to do this, how do you split up your living environment to give mm. you these four things? So like let's imagine maybe we could do some scenarios here, right? Let's imagine someone who lives with other people, they live in a flat share. They have just a bedroom. They maybe have a desk, small desk, which their laptop lives on. And that's all that they have, like a laptop, a desk, a chair, and a bed, right? Like how would you start thinking about, or even is there a way that you can start thinking about somebody being able to divide up those sections in their living space? Yeah, well, it's an interesting thing because with this part of it, how do you adapt this to you in particular? There's a variety of things that are possible and you have to be looking for what are the things that work for you. Mm -hmm. And so like, it's, it's funny that you have this as, as the first one because I was thinking about when I lived in London and I was newly married, my wife and I shared a single room in a flat share, mm -hmm. right? And it was like the two of us in one bedroom and then there were uh, some flatmates who had their own bedrooms. I wonder what it's like to be CGP Grey's flatmate. <laughs> it's perfectly fine. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but it's like, I think that's probably the most, I, I guess maybe aside from college and, and sharing a dorm room, like maybe that was the most space constrained I've ever been in a living yeah. situation. I've started you out on hard mode here. Like I have oh, yeah, particularly yeah. chosen hard mode because I know that this is a thing that a lot of our listeners will be dealing with if they live in big cities or if they're like if they're young. Yeah, and and like so when I was writing this, I like I had in mind some of these kind of situations in life, or like mm -hmm. or when I lived in a studio apartment or all, all the rest of it. So in this scenario, if you're living in a flat share. It is very probable that you do have a laptop, right? Like you probably don't have a big desktop computer. Is, yeah, is, would be I'm my assuming guess. laptop is, is probably the yeah. thing for most people here. And so how can you divide stuff? I think the biggest place to start is the recreation work division there. And on a computer... The thing that I would totally do is to have two different accounts on that computer to separate out the work from recreation. Yeah. And so the way I used to do this is one of the accounts on my computer was everything is installed on this account. It was the kind of default account. And I had a separate account then that was for just writing yeah so that like that's the way i divided those two different desktop backgrounds yeah so you you have two accounts you can change what programs are available to you in in each of those accounts yeah you want to have different desktop backgrounds for sure that's something you want to do so it like visually looks as, as different as possible um i would probably say though that for most people if you're going to do two accounts you probably actually want to more clearly separate out like the recreation so like the video game part of it so if you've got steam installed on your computer i would probably say like if i don't know something about someone's work you want to quarantine that part of it and you know have have the other account for sort of yeah default everything the else. work account 
should be where everything is. Yeah. And the recreation account can be where the games and stuff are. I think that is kind of counter to the way that we usually talk about things. We both, when we're looking at work stuff, try and pare it down. But again, Mm -hmm. like these situations are different. Mm -hmm. This is a very particular type of thing. Unless you're in a situation where you know that you have like one mission critical activity that is really high value and you want to cordon that off. I think the problem that most people are going to deal with is the reverse problem of especially in a lockdown situation that like recreation just kind of spreads everywhere and it's it's yeah. real yeah. easy to just start looking at YouTube or to like you know oh i'm just going to take a, a quick 20 minute factorio break which yep. is like something that no human on earth has ever accomplished and you're trying to isolate that stuff mm-hmm. again this will depend differently on like different operating systems but the, the nice thing about having separate accounts is you can also do things like having the websites blocked on one account but not the other like yep. there's a there's a lot of ways to play around with this but for beginners starting for sure pick out all the entertainment recreation stuff and put that into an account and make it live there have a different desktop background anything else that you can change about the way that account looks you should totally do it so that it seems as different as possible and then This is the dumbest thing in the world, but I did this when I lived in a a studio and I just had one desk and a laptop, is sitting at that desk facing the wall that was work mode, and then I would just move the chair around to the edge of the desk so that my I was like looking at the room, Mm. that was like recreation mode. And these things can be really dumb like that, but I, I have really found that if you're consistent about it, it trains your brain into this mode. You're, what you're trying to do at first is to just introduce these little moments of hesitation. And I think that's a way that you start training up your brain. Mm-hmm. So, like, obviously you can flip over to the recreation account to watch YouTube at any moment. But it doesn't hurt to put up as many barriers as possible. And I also really like getting it in your mind that it's perfectly fine If you feel like I can't do work now, I want to take a break, but you're training yourself to be intentional about it. So you say, okay, I'm going to do that. And I'm clearly deciding because I'm just moving the chair 90 degrees around the desk. And I'm like, I've decided to do that. And I'm not lying to myself sitting here at this computer you know, looking at the work account. Yeah, I'm deciding to log out and log in. Like that, yeah. even that is like, yes, if you have the ability to make some physical movement, that is really great. Like that's yeah. the key. But if all you can do is change your account, great. Like add some friction in, mm-hmm. as you say, not so that it's to stop you, but it is just that when you do it, you know you've done it. Yeah. For me, honestly, like using the iPad is one of the big Mm. benefits for me like i have different work that i do on my imac and on my ipad yeah and so when i'm sitting down on my ipad it's like right i know what mode i'm in right now right like i know the types of work that i'm going to be doing here and when i sit down at my mac i know what i'm doing here as well like it's very rare for me to do non-recording or editing on my imac Mm -hmm. i just record and edit here I don't sit and go through all my email. I don't sit and write my show notes, right? Like Mm -hmm. I don't deal with social media type stuff. Like all of that is done on my iPad. So I have the distinction there from devices. 
So I just wanted to throw this in there as like, if you have an iPad, mm. a lot of people have an iPad, now might be a really good time to get to know iPadOS. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll back that. And, and again, this is where longtime listeners of the show will know many years ago we were talking about the multi-pad lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And this is part of the reason why I was such a proponent of this. Of like, It's great to have mm-hmm. multiple devices because iOS, just by the mere fact that it works differently than your computer does, is another way that differentiates these spaces from each other. Mm-hmm. And like, I think that's that's a really good way to have this distinction between two different things. I'm like, oh, your brain associates over time. iOS is for email and for administration or however you decide to divide that up. And then like, oh, Mac OS on this account, that feels this way for this other kind of activity. And if you don't want to work on your iPad, your iPad is a really great tool to do all of the relaxation stuff on yeah 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 i think um ipad for most people leans more towards the chillaxing Mm -hmm. side of the spectrum which is great does to the working side of the spectrum those devices are way better right like watching video and like right and like (laughs) social media their macs are like there's just a thing about it if that's all you want to use it for then go for it but if all you have is like a macbook air like that's awesome too you just got to set them up and set them up right and observe that and pay attention to that. This is one of those things where it's easy to to watch the video and be like, well, I don't have the space. We're already in conceptual town because we're in a spaceship, right? <laughs> so think of it conceptually. So like for me, I don't have enough space in my home to define a fixed exercise point. I could give up my office, but my office is more important for me yeah. than the exercise area. What I do have, though, is a yoga mat. Right. And the yoga mat goes on the ground. The exercise happens on the yoga mat. So when the yoga mat's down, exercise is occurring. It happens in the, the big green rectangle of this yoga mat. <laughs> yeah, you're, you are creating a new space. Yes. The yoga mat is like a magic carpet that mm-hmm. you're exercising on top of. Yep. And like that is the space in which this occurs. Honestly, the video has been very helpful f- to me to be more active that's the thing I've taken away from it because really that was the one that I needed the most help with for myself. The rest of it, I've mostly worked out, but it has really locked into me. Like you saying about like exercise is non-optional. Mm-hmm. Whilst I hate to hear that so much, I have taken it on board okay. and I'm exercising more now than I was before. Yeah. Th- that's a message that is part of my own realizing the seriousness of the situation mm-hmm. is like exercise is non-optional. Mm-hmm. It has had the same effect on me of recontextualizing exercise in my brain and realizing how necessary it is. I don't have a, my own like dedicated space for exercise. Like I do the same thing where I am borrowing some of my wife's space for exercise so it's always a little bit like oh are you going to use it like no okay great and it's the same thing about like okay it doesn't need to be oh i have a home gym and this home gym is a physically separate room that has floor to ceiling mirrors on it so i can check my form as i'm working out like that (laughs) that doesn't need to be what it is i also think exercise is a is a great place to talk about the kind of psychological separation that can happen between spaces so many people will have an exercise playlist like this is the playlist Mm -hmm. i'm listening to to pump myself up to exercise 
And one of the really key things about doing something like that is if you decide I'm going to have an exercise playlist, this is now becoming part of the like the virtual space that is the exercise room is this playlist. You have to pick songs that you're perfectly fine with not listening to under other circumstances. So if you have an exercise playlist, don't listen to those songs when you're not exercising. And I do the same thing with my work playlist, like the songs that I listen to on repeat when I'm working. Those songs are now forever removed from just the general rotation of music consumption. And if you do this with the exercise playlist and you do this with a working playlist, I think those are two prime areas where, again, you can create this sense of now this is a different space. Oh, because this I'm at the gym and the gym music is playing. And the only place that I ever hear the gym music is in my gym. I'm like, oh, I'm here working. My face is is looking at the blank wall of my home, but and I have the working playlist on and like this is what I do now. This is this like different acoustic environment. I do think like a key thing that people sometimes miss with this is it's not just about associating music with a place. It's about removing that association from other places. Like you cannot listen to that music in different circumstances. Anybody that's ever set one of their favorite pop songs as their alarm knows what you're talking about, <laughs> right? Yes, that's a great example. It's like, oh, I have this song. I would love to hear it when I wake up. Yeah, that lasts for a couple of weeks. And then you never want to hear that song again. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure, for sure. I, f- I forget, I can't remember the name of it, but I still have like the opening bars of this one Sigur Ross song, which was my alarm when I was going to uh, going to work as a teacher. I still can't hear the first couple <laughs> bars of that without having this like, <gasps> like I'm drowning feeling. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah, but, it, but it's a great example of, of how I think th- there's like, your brain has these hooks yep. that are just there waiting to be used. And if you just pay a little bit of attention, you can take these things which are like, oh, isn't it funny that I feel like I'm drowning every time I hear the song that was my wake up alarm and be like, can we turn this to be useful instead of instead of just like an accidental thing that occurs? And then you get the satisfactory feeling that you are in control of your own brain. Yeah, because you've realized you got one up on it, right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. For Which sure. Like the, like the number of times that I don't feel like writing at first, you know, now, now having done this for years, if I'm feeling particularly resistant, there's a couple of the songs that are especially burned into my brain as like, this is writing music. And if I put those on and just kind of sit in front of the computer and wait, it's like, well, more times than not, like typing is going to start. Mm-hmm. Because this is just what this music is for. It's for physically moving your hands on on the keyboard. One of mine that I've recently started doing, which is kind of follow up from a few episodes ago, where I said that I was using like noise canceling a lot more, right? Just to just Mm -hmm. create space in the home. And I was like, oh, I should try pairing this with the app Dark Noise that we spoke about Mm -hmm. in the State of the Apps episode. They have a sound in there, I think it's called Beach. And it's just the sound of waves crashing. And I've been using it when I am struggling to get some writing done, right? So I will just put that on and then it's like a simple sound. It's not music and I can just 
do it. So like, I've, I've been really enjoying using that app because also it's got some fun stuff in it, like coffee shop noises. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, <laughs> I'm outside, right? Uh, so yeah, the, more than just, because like the white noise, brown noise, those, I hate that. Can't stand it. Yeah, I don't, I don't use any of the pure sounds either. I don't like them. Yeah, I, I really hate like white noise in a white noise machine. I just want background sounds. Mm-hmm. So I've been using that a lot for, for trying to help me get through tasks that i've been struggling with mm-hmm. it, it's funny that you mentioned that because there's also like a time way that you can do these kind of associations that are not physical differences but they're psychological differences and my wife and i have gotten into the habit on the weekends of like oh the weekend often is like sitting around and reading you know just relaxing kind of time and i just happened to do it a few times to put on this foresty woods background kind of noise while we're reading in the afternoon and it's like man three weekends in a row of doing that and now that is the oh this is the sound when we're reading sound Mm -hmm. you know and it's it's just interesting how fast your brain is willing to associate with that and now it's very clearly like oh no this this soundscape is just for the weekends that's what this soundscape is i know it's sunday because it sounds like the forest and like Right. Yeah, it just works really well. I'm just going to say, I don't know if we're going to talk about this later or not, but like Animal Crossing has been real great for me still with like, I'm the, I know where I am in the week. Yeah. I know where I am in the day. Like having something which helps you with that, it's adding structure mm-hmm. in the same way that like I do all of my show prep as my first task of the day. Mm-hmm. I only do it in the mornings. It will all be done by 12. After 12, I don't do prep for shows anymore. Mm-hmm. I will do other work. Because that is the work that takes the most from me. Mm-hmm. It's the work I have to work on the hardest. So I do it first. I do it because yeah. it could take me the longest. I also need the most caffeine, right? Mm-hmm. Like so, that is when I would do that. Like that is sitting down, writing the outlines, doing research, all that stuff. That is my first task of the day, every day, always mm-hmm. before I start doing anything else. But that is me adding structure in, right? Like all of these things, all of this. The whole thing, right? Spaceship you, structure. Mm-hmm. You got to put structure in your life, and you can do it in so many ways. You can do it by tricking your brain with music. You can do it by saying, "I will only do these tasks in the morning." Like you only write in the mornings, right? Yeah, right. So like you, you like write. Morning time is writing time, or like forest sounds means reading time. It's Sunday, right? Like yeah, and, and then it's like, oh, that yoga mat, that's where the workouts happen. They don't happen anywhere else. That soft thing in the corner, that's where sleeping happens. Nothing else happens there, right? Like this side of the desk, this is where work is. This side of the desk, I got the window. I can relax, right? Like yeah. finding structure is so important and it's always been important for working at home, but it's even more important when home is all there is. There are a bunch of meta skills in life that are really key in accomplishing whatever it is you want to do. And like one of those incredibly important meta skills is just like time management, being aware of how you're spending your time. And one of those other skills is this self structure and it can express itself in a lot of ways. And I think part of the lockdown situation is that Many people are like forced to become aware in a very visceral way how much work the structure of the external world was doing in getting them to do what they need to do when that's been removed. And so it's it's like 
you can just suddenly realize like, oh God, I have to create some structure here. Otherwise, I'm just going to drift forever. One of the ones I'll mention, which it doesn't work great for me now, but I did used to do it in the beginning is also just clothing. So, you know, you have like shirts that you would wear when you're working or when you're not working. Like some people really like to do this. If like they'll have a, like have a work shirt and I did do this in the beginning. I eventually found like, oh, I didn't, I didn't really need to after a while. But for some people, this is another way to do this of like, I have put on the work shirt or one of my comments that was, oh, that's genius was someone said they have a work necklace. And so they're like, when I put this necklace on, like this is work time. And then I take the necklace off and it is not work time. And I thought like, oh, that's, that's another great kind of token to do this. Mm. But even as I say like, oh, I, I don't really use the clothing one anymore. There is a little way in which, again, it kind of snuck into my life now, which is I have a pair of slippers that I've made this decision about, like, only wearing the slippers on the weekend. And so, again, it it weirdly gives the weekend a particular feeling of like, oh, it's obviously Sunday because I'm yeah. wearing the slippers. And there's the forest sound like, how Sunday does this feel? Maximum Sunday. That's how it feels. Various levels of pajamas. <laughs> Yeah, you have your casual yeah. pajamas uh -huh. and you have your formal pajamas. Uh -huh. And you know what? That's not even a joke. Like, that's perfectly fine if you have casual and formal pajamas. Like, yeah. your brain will just start latching onto it. Maybe it's just t-shirts and basketball shorts in the week and silk on the weekends. You know, you do you, right? Like, whatever makes you comfortable. <laughs> I want to go back to some other mm -hmm. practical things. Uh, I know I, I'd seen this one a lot. I have children. How can I follow any of this? I mean, children are chaos balls in your house so yeah kids make it harder and there's nothing that people with children like more than hearing advice from someone who doesn't have children so i'm not really gonna have a lot of specific tips to say here mm. except that you can't tell me that even with children it wouldn't be a good idea to have a dedicated workspace in your house because i assume people that have children that have to work from home now are still expected to work, right? Yeah. I know it's significantly more difficult because you also have to be a teacher, I guess, mm -hmm. in a lot of instances. But I'm assuming at the same time that your work is expecting you to work. So maybe you're working at weird hours. And if that's the case, maybe you need more of this stuff of like putting on this t-shirt means that it's work time or this music, because you will be working at times that you're not used to normally working at because you haven't been able to work at all when the children are awake, right? Mm -hmm. So you've got to work when they're asleep. So maybe you need more structure that way. But like it is, this stuff is more difficult than for some or the other. But that's mm -hmm. why like what I wanted to explore is that you don't have to lift this wholesale. Mm-hmm. Right, like there is a type of person that does need to do literally everything that you've told them in the exact order that you've told them, but not everybody does and not everybody can, but there are definitely parts of it that anybody can use even a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and, and like having a different space for work, especially, you know, when those children eating perhaps depends on the work, like, you know, you might want to do that. <laughs> You yeah. might want to make sure that you're able to get done what needs to be done. Mm -hmm. But yeah, kids make it harder for sure. Flatmates make it harder for sure. 
This episode of Cortex is brought to you by Uni Pizza Ovens. Uni is the world's number one pizza oven company. They make surprisingly small ovens that are powered by your choice of either wood, charcoal, or gas, letting you make restaurant-quality pizza in your own backyard. Everyone wants to make pizzas during lockdown, so you should treat yourself to the best tool for the job. Uni Pizza Ovens are incredibly easy to use and wonderfully portable, too. These ovens will fit in any outside space. They can reach temperatures of up to 900 degrees Fahrenheit, 500 degrees Celsius, which will allow you to cook restaurant-quality pizza in as little as 60 seconds. It is that high temperature that separates average pizzas you make in a home oven from the quality that you can get from uni pizza ovens it's at least twice the heat one of their newest models is the uni coda 16 this is a gas powered oven that can cook up to 16 inch pizzas and has an innovative l-shaped burner at the back that gives you even heat distribution across the whole surface of the pizza which is wonderful Uni Pizza Ovens start from just $199 and they have free shipping in the US, the UK, and the EU. With two of their coolest models being the multi-fueled Uni Karu, which can use wood, charcoal, or gas, or the Uni Coda 16. Uni also make an awesome app that can help you perfect your dough recipe and give you loads of pizza-making tips. Uni Pizza Ovens are really well-built and designed. These things look really wonderful. I think it's fantastic. They're super easy to set up and use. Everything is really thought through. If you want pizza, right? Like imagine you made a pizza. You've taken the time to get your dough recipe just right. You've got all the toppings that you want. You've got everything set up. The last thing you want to do is have to wait 20 minutes for it to cook. This is the best thing about an uni pizza oven. Their pizzas are cooked in just one minute, and that is amazing. And trust me, you're going to be incredibly happy with these results. You cannot make better pizza at home than what this thing can help you do. Listeners of this show can get 10% off their purchase of an Uni pizza oven, which is up to $50 off if you get the Uni Coda 16. Just go to uni.com and use the code Cortex at checkout. These things are incredibly popular right now. Everyone wants one. So if you think that you might and you should, do not miss out. They also make a great range of accessories from peels to cutters to oven tables. I love that, by the way. We now have everything that we need here, and they do it all. Americans buy over 3 billion pizzas a year and consume approximately 350 slices of pizza every second. Why not make some of these yourself at home? Once you try it, you're never going to look back. Uni Pizza Ovens are the best way to bring restaurant-quality pizza to your own backyard. Go to ooni.com, that's uni.com, and use the code CORTEX for 10% off. Our thanks to Uni Pizza Ovens for their support of this show and Relay FM. Can we talk about Creation Station? Okay. Creation Station. <laughs> I know from the way you say it, you're saying it, Mike. Like You're, you're getting right at the heart of something with this video for me <laughs> didn't like that i didn't like creation station okay why didn't you like creation station i think it was unnecessarily abstract as a phrase to use mm -hmm. like it could have just been called workstation because like i've noticed throughout this entire episode you've been referring to it as work yeah because it is work yeah it's totally work so yeah. why did you call it creation station <laughs> so this being the idea of like you have your place where you're sleeping, you have your place where you're exercising, your place where you're relaxing, and then the place where you're doing the other stuff, which right. you called Creation Station. <laughs> creation Station. <laughs> which sounds really lovely, right? It rolls off the tongue, but I think yeah. doesn't actually sum up, in my mind, what is being done here. Yeah, no, it's it's very, you know, conjunction, junction, what's your function? I, mm -hmm. I, like, I get it. For, for the behind-the-scenes 
part of it. This is where, for the video, mostly, once we get past the first minute, and if you ignore the last 10 seconds, the pandemic framing is basically completely absent. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like, pandemic? Oh, I never heard of it. This yeah. is just a great way to live, right? <laughs> That's sort of what the Spaceship You video is like in the middle part of it. But this this is the one place where if I was making a Spaceship U version 2 that didn't have the pandemic background, I'd be much more likely to call it the workstation. Right. But the reason I called it the creation station is because I did want to emphasize the point that this is not just about work. Because if, if you say the word work most people are going to associate that with a job. And then, like, I know that there's going to be a lot of people who are watching this that are either students or who are unemployed. Or employed, but unable to do their jobs, right? Like, the furloughing, yeah, right? Yeah, people like, who are on furlough. <laughs> and so I, I'm being a little facetious. Like, I know why mm. you didn't call it that. Yeah, but it's like, but but you're also hitting on the one, you know, whenever you make something, there's this funny difference between the audience and the creator where the audience watches a thing and and sort of comes always to the conclusion that the creator was completely confident in every single part of this in every single sentence, yes. right? And it's like, no, no, the person who created it can be uncertain with some parts of it as well. And and this, this is one of those moments where I'm like, no, it's totally legit. Like, why didn't you call it the workstation? It's a thing I went back and forth with a lot. But because of the context in which the video is being made, I did want to go broader, even if I agree that it's probably too broad. Mm. But I just figure there's like a way higher proportion of people who are watching this video at this time are not going to have a clear job that they can perform. Yes. So I, like I wanted to have it be broader here. And then this this is also the part where whenever I look at the final videos, I can see all of these little pieces that are left over from different versions of the script. And this is one of these places where I originally wanted to have a much broader discussion about what does creation mean and very quickly realized, like, don't get into this, man. Right. Like, it's it's too much. It's too much of a diversion. You're going to have to make a decision that's not completely comfortable either way. Like, you don't want to call it the workstation. Creation station is the next best name, but including too much of a description about what exactly you mean by this is too much. So it's got to go and you're kind of left with this in, this in-between place. Do you want to talk about that here, though? I mean, we have the time, <laughs> right? Like, that's the beauty of the show is, right? Like, yeah, let's get into this part of it. Yeah. So, I mean, let's talk about what humans do for each other, Mike, yeah. which is hopefully create things that they themselves or other people value mm-hmm. and that that's sort of the idea of the creation station here is what you want to kind of have is like a like a compass point that directs you to like what activity should i do and i think particularly like when you're younger it can often seem like what should i do i don't i don't know what i should do Everything is boring and awful, right? Mm-hmm. And a useful compass point is just this idea of, hey, the world's a really big place. 
not everybody can be an expert in everything. And the way that the modern world works is people learn skills and then you we like we all trade these skills with each other. And so you want to be looking at things that you can learn to do which are valuable to other people. This is what we generally call work in the world is like you have a skill that another person doesn't have and the two of you trade with each other. And so at creation station one of the things you can think of if like you're sort of drifting is just kind of thinking about even in the vaguest possible ways what things pique your interest just a little bit that might also be useful to other people and like that's a good thing to investigate as let me explore this you know oh i like spreadsheets let me learn about pivot tables you know or cooking catches my interest like let me let me explore this as a skill and it's a place to get started with that stuff. If, if that's not necessarily obvious to you, you can also start out with like humans can create things that they themselves value. So like, what do you do that you enjoy, right? Like you're tending your garden and no one else in the whole world sees the garden but you, but it makes you happy. Like that is creating a kind of value yep. in the world, even if it's just a value for yourself. So that's why I wanted to go a little bit broad with Creation Station, because this idea of value, it is generally applicable, but it's much more applicable in this time. Because like you have way more leeway here about what it is that you want to do. There's also there's also a part of it which, again, it wouldn't really fit in the video, but I think it's also useful. So for people who are working remotely at jobs, maybe they don't love it can be sometimes helpful to understand that this is still part of like the creation of value. Even if you don't love this job, you are still creating something, you know, whether it's like organized emails, right. Or, or replies in a knowledge base, right. Or whatever it is that is of value to your employer. And like, that's the reason that they pay you because the thing that you're doing is creating value to them. And I just think from reading comments online, a, a common situation can be that, that sometimes people will, will feel like a job that they don't like can seem extra sort of why in, in a time like this when yeah, they're yeah, home yeah, on their own. Yeah. And, and so I just think it's, it's useful to point that out. Mm. That like this is, this is part of creation. Like this is part of the tapestry of the world. There is a really strong we're all in this together vibe at the moment. Everyone is in the same boat here, right? Mm. Around the world. Like we're all in this. So anything that you are doing, no matter what it is, He's adding some value back into society at the moment. Yeah. Like, if you are tech support for an energy company, you're helping other people who have problems with their energy right now, which means a lot more to people than it typically would have otherwise. So not necessarily we all need to start putting flowers in our hair and value our jobs. But it's yeah. at least a more helpful framing device as to why you do what you do, even if you don't like it. 
I had a little paragraph that got cut where it was something like, if you're able to work digitally on, on the spaceship, no matter what you're doing, it's another hand on the, like on the wheel, like keeping things turning. Right. Like, yes. like something along those lines of like, we got to keep this wheel of the economy needs to spin mm-hmm. and everyone who can do anything, no matter what it is, is an additional turning force on this wheel. And, and like, that is, that is part of this concept of like the creation of something that is valued, like an additional positive force on something that needs to keep moving. Cause if you're a, if you're doing something right now, it means something to someone. Yeah. Otherwise exactly. it wouldn't be happening. Yeah. And if you're not, then you are in a interesting position of being able to find something else of interest to do. Mm-hmm. A hobby that you've always wanted to undertake. Like you have the world given excuse right now to do it. Mm-hmm. That is the gift that you have, right? Is you may have a bit more time in your life to learn to cook, to read that book, to write a book, right? Like mm-hmm. whatever. This is a time in which you can do it, right? And I know that's why Creation Station is named Creation Station. But I think the word creation now is too heavily tied into being a content creator for a lot of people. Yeah, I can see that. And I think th- I think that's where maybe a lot of people get stuck up because creation now seems like a barrier, like it's this big thing that you have to do. That's that's why the, the real name of the station is open parentheses, the close parentheses, creation, open parentheses, of value, close parentheses, station, mm-hmm. right? Like that's the name of the station. Right. <laughs> that's very awkward though. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps like the, cl- the the closest second call that I came to was like crafting station. That's worse. Yeah, that's yeah, why yeah. I didn't pick it. Yeah, right? yeah, that's worse. <laughs> it's just Minecraft. Yeah, cra- <laughs> yeah, crafting is going to make people think of Animal Crossing. Is this where I'm supposed to play Animal Cross- Crossing? Like, no, this is not where you're supposed to play Animal Crossing. <laughs> well, you know, I guess it depends if you're a streamer. <laughs> well, you know, but see, that's that's like this is actually I think an an, an interesting point here is when you talk about like things you value there is a little bit of of like bleed over into like the recreation part like Mm -hmm. what is the what is the difference between the two of these and so part of part of why i like creation station and talking about like making things of value is because like if you're just watching a movie right you're sitting there and you're watching a movie you can enjoy that that is recreation but if you are not doing anything with having watched that movie you are not able to create something that any other human would value right but if you like talk about that movie in an entertaining way on a podcast like well look now you have created entertainment and it's the same thing with video games like there's a huge difference between i am playing a video game on my own and i am enjoying it it's like great that is recreation which we all need but it is not creating anything that another human can conceivably value unless you switch it into this, oh, I'm broadcasting it, right? And I'm hopefully talking about it in a way that people find interesting. So that, that's why I think creation station, like when you're focusing on learning skills, what I was trying to say before with this idea of the compass is like there should be some out potential outward direction of these things. It doesn't even need to be extremely obvious, but that just like some sort of outward projection 
that another person could conceivably value some version of this in the future. And that's that's what distinguishes some activities from recreation, which is much more just internal than than like the working station, which is more externally directed. This episode of Cortex is brought to you by Setup. There's an app for everything these days. Some are excellent, some not so much. A great way to discover new quality apps and get all the tools that you need to be successful and productive is by using Setup, a subscription for Mac apps. Setup packs over 180 apps into one. There's an app for almost any tasks. You can stay in your flow and finish what you started. Setup have a dedicated curation team that only selects the highest quality apps, which means that you don't have to spend time searching for great tools. It's such great value. Instead of paying thousands of dollars for separate app licenses, you pay just one monthly flat fee. New apps are added regularly, updates are free, and all of the applications are full featured pro versions. Head over to setapp.com to try Setapp free for a week. If you like it, you pay just $9.99 a month for as long as it's useful to you, and it will be. That's setapp.com, setapp.com. Go there now and see how Setapp will fit in your workflow. Our thanks to Setapp for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. All right. Now, no one's listening anymore. It's just me and you. Oh, okay. It's just the two of us. Can I stop the recording? No. Oh, okay. Just in case we want to check this back later on. You know, oh, okay. For just for reference. funsies. But no one's here anymore. It's just me and you. Okay, so we're chilling we're out. We're just hanging out. Okay, cool. Yeah, you can move your desk to whatever nonsense it is you like Great, to. thank you. Yeah, I'll touch the microphone yep, just for thanks. fun. Yeah, yeah. This, this is just, just me and your time. <laughs> I'll eat my yogurt. So we've explained... I think the idea behind all of this, right? As you know, because it's just me and you here. Yeah, it's like, why, why are you recapping what just happened before the ad break? I don't know. You know how I talk by now. This is what I do. <laughs> how are you really doing with all of this? How are you, like, honestly faring with this separation? <sighs> okay, so I have a really hard time talking about this, which is why I'm glad it's just the two of us. Just with, it doesn't matter because it's just me and you now, so it's fine. <laughs> Right. I mean, the fact that you keep emphasizing it makes me a little bit suspicious. <laughs> Again, this is how I always talk. <laughs> I mean, in fairness, you do always talk a little bit, you know, like you're broadcasting because that's just that's just your cadence now. Well, but. this well, and also like especially when we're having these conversations because I'm in this area. Right. I've got the yes. microphone in front of me, the headphones on, and I'm looking at the levels yes. levels moving on the USB interface. Yeah, that's true. You you do have a very difficult time separating out your um, socializing space yeah. from your working space. Like you're you're in a you're in a bad place there. But. The Zoom call socializing thing is like it doesn't work so well for me right now because I only <laughs> like to use my proper microphone. Yeah, <laughs> so it's, my, it's, it's a it's a fault of my own doing, really. Yeah, no, it it, it totally is. It's it's and it's actually um, normally I would do any FaceTime calls that I would do on on my like podcasting equipment as well, just like so it sounds better for the other person and it's all ready to go. Mm-hmm. But I realized very quickly into the lockdown when catching up with family and friends, I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this in this room because I'm like a. I'm being way more strict about these barriers. And I I genuinely felt like it was kind of messing with my brain of, oh, I'm taking my office super seriously, like more seriously than I ever have in my entire life. It's like a sanctified environment. Mm. But it's also where I could like kick back and put my feet up on the table and just chit chat with a friend. (laughs) Like these two things don't line up. I think I've only really been sitting at the iMac for the Zoom calls where there is also some element of professional to them. 
Hmm. So like I might be hanging out with a friend, but we're also like colleagues. Right. Right. But I have been doing more like there's no pretense of work here mm -hmm. on the sofa in the living room, like with family and friends. You've seen this. We did this. Yeah. 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 And, and that's that's exactly what I'm, I made a decision really yeah. early on was, oh, no, wait a minute. I'm changing this. I'm doing all of my FaceTime calls on the iPad on the couch. Mm. Like I'm just I'm redefining this. I'm taking it out of this area. Like if I'm if I'm doing a podcast, I'll do it on the equipment. And if I'm not doing a podcast, I'm going to do it on the iPad on my couch. Mm. But again, like we're just socializing between the two of us and staying on the equipment and recording for convenience factors. Yeah, well, this is after the show. Yeah, we're already here. You know. Yeah, but so the, the so the thing that's that I have a hard time talking about, and that is extraordinarily poorly received by some people, is that I'm doing great. Like. Okay. It's the honest truth that's difficult to talk about is my theme, like year of clarity, couldn't more perfectly be aligned for this sort of situation. Yeah, in that regard, you really lucked out with a theme this year, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, you, you drew the short stick on that oh, one. Oh boy, uh, did I. <laughs> but for me, it's it has been perfect and lined up with a bunch of changes that I wanted to make in life anyway. And so I feel like I've taken, you know, for a variety of reasons, this situation extremely seriously. And that also means like that's part of the reason the whole video came out is because it's like, okay, I need to set up these spaces. I need to treat exercise like it's mandatory medicine. There's just no question about this at all. I'm being very strict about like if I'm in my office, I'm working. And yeah, it's it's. I've been trying to think about how to articulate it, but the truth is right now in, in this little spaceship, I just feel like I'm doing really well. Mm. And I also have a lot of markers that are objective markers that are tracking with that. Mm. Without a doubt, I'm in the best physical shape of my life. And I've got several really interesting, really engaging video projects that are in the works in parallel. And... My wife and I have been spending great quality time together. The only place that's a real downside is that we don't have any access to private outdoor space. And because of my wife's health, we're still being very cautious about going outside. Mm -hmm. And so that is the only thing if I could make something be different to improve the situation we should have escaped to the countryside years ago so that we could go outside for walks. Mm. So, you know, my wife and I have been inside without leaving the house since the start of this, with only for me a couple of rare exceptions for necessary errands and things. So that's the only part where I, I feel like if I could change something, I would I would change that. Otherwise, I don't know, like, I feel really great and there's something psychologically very different about a calendar that literally has no items scheduled in the future at all versus a calendar where oh there's a conference two months from now like it it creates a real feeling of space and freedom and is quite a different way to have spent my time over the last couple of months than the original plan but yeah it like that's a difficult thing to talk about because it makes some people 
really upset when if you say like, oh, this this, this lockdown has been great for me personally. I mean, yes, it's a global economic and personal disaster. And, you know, uh, it may very well be a personal disaster for me at some point in the future. But like right now, this is fantastic. So, yeah, it's just a weird situation to be in. But that's the truth of it is I feel like it's it's been an incredibly clarifying and focusing time for me. And this and this is also where after saying all that, it always makes me dread then being like, how are you doing <laughs> before before we get to that? This like since something I think I've been thinking about recently, like mm-hmm. you mentioned about like escaping to the country. Do you think you would be more likely to move out of London now than before? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I'm thinking it now like I want a house next, not an apartment. Like, this has always been something I've wanted anyway, right? Mm-hmm. I want to be able to move into a house. And so we haven't made any kind of moves on that. We would always have been at least a year or two before we would even have ever thought about moving anyway. Mm-hmm. But I am now more like thinking hmm, a garden would would be nice right now. Yeah, yeah. And I'm also now thinking... Right now in my life, my proximity to London is not really that helpful, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I could be as far away from the center again and definitely know I would still have access to all the modern conveniences. Mm -hmm. Like, there are lots of towns in England which would provide me what I want mostly for the time that I'm in right now. It would add frustrations for, like, travel, but like maybe I don't do as much of that in the future anyway. Mm-hmm. So like I am personally thinking like maybe we move further out now than we were expecting before because mm-hmm. priorities might start to change. And it's just not something that I'd really considered. Yeah, I was always like we will stay in an apartment until we can afford a home in and around the area of London we are already in. Right, yes, yeah, I, I see what you mean. Yeah. But now it might be like, ah, eh, no, maybe we just move like another 30 minutes further out and buy a home. Yeah. Right, rather than an apartment. One of the things that's really been on my mind is that we don't have a car. I've never cared about that before. It's never mattered. I'm so f- f- annoyed that I didn't learn to drive. <laughs> Because yeah. I've been talking about it for years, right? Yeah. And just was like, ah, whatever. Like, the studio will make me get the car, right? Yeah. If I would have learned to drive before now, my life would have been so much easier. <laughs> yes. Yeah, of course. So annoying. Yeah. Not having a car in a situation where, I mean, especially a month ago, where it's where it's more like, so is it the apocalypse right like you you want a car you want options and this is one time where i'm really aware of like ooh, we don't have options Mm -hmm. we're in this apartment and you know my wife hasn't left the front door of our apartment and i haven't gone farther than the, the the garbage cans on the street you know in two months and I'm very aware of that because my parents are quarantining, but they also have a car so they can just go for nice country drives, right? And and like the car is a mobile part of the bubble. You can drive. Why don't you just get a car? I can't drive in the UK because I've lived here too long, right? I, I oh, need to I would need to go through the license? Whole, yeah, I don't have the driver's license. And you can't do the swap because it's been too long? 
Yeah, if you're going to be a resident, you have to go through the driver's license process. You, if you're a tourist, you can do the like, oh, I can drive in the UK while I'm a tourist. But if you if you live here, you can't just swap it over. You have to you have to actually go through the the schools. Is that because you're American? I, I don't know if it's because you're I'm American. But I'm pretty sure it's just a general rule. That's so annoying, man. Because like you can have a, I'm sure someone can just deliver a car, right? Like I don't know if you have to go to a showroom. I don't think you do. Yeah. But. <laughs> Who cares about the rules, Gray? Just drive around. Like, what are they gonna... <laughs> just, just go for it, man. There's yeah. no rules. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. There's, there's no rules in this new world. <laughs> but yeah, so it's, I don't know. It's just something that's been on my mind. And the yeah. lack of outdoor space, like I said, is the only thing that I would change. So it's it's been on my mind. But I, I also think the reason that, that you're thinking the same thing is this is the like the natural life cycle of urban areas and people's careers right and so the younger you are the more advantage there is to moving to the biggest city you possibly can at the start of your career even if i know nothing about a human being that is generically good advice you know did you just graduate and you've decided that it's time to look for work Go to the biggest city that you reasonably can, and it magnifies your potential in a whole bunch of different ways. But then, as one's career goes on, the advantage of being in that urban core, there's like a decreasing marginal value of that. And so I think this is why like, you just generally have this cycle of cities suck in younger people, And then as people progress in their career, they've extracted most of the advantages they're going to have for an urban core and start to value different kinds of things. Like, I want more space in my house and like I'm willing to trade that against other different resources. And so I think for you and me, we're both at that point. And maybe this moment has just sharpened that thinking a little bit. Yeah, It's like having lived in London has been tremendously advantageous to my teaching career and my YouTube career in innumerable ways. But is that still the case now? Like, yes, it is still valuable, but not as valuable and as important. And so I find myself more willing to think about trading it off against other things that I would want. So yeah, I don't know. It's just something that's been on my mind. But how are you doing? I would say that like, I'm not doing as well as you. Like, I'm not doing badly. Mm -hmm. But, like, I'm in the middle, but with various fluctuations on that scale, depending on the area that you're looking at. What do you mean by that? Well, so, like, okay, let's talk about exercise, right? Mm -hmm. I'm doing more of it, but I still f***ing hate it. And everything I'm doing just hurts me. Like I just I I don't know what it is about me, Gray, but like I'm not getting injured, but just mm-hmm. like it doesn't matter what it is, but my body just hates it. Yeah. What are, What are you doing? Well, a, a mixture of either yoga mm-hmm. or body weight exercises. But like, if I do yoga, I hurt for the rest of the day. Like, it's just like whatever. This is the thing. I'm gonna see some. I'm gonna go see a specialist after all this is taken care of. Because like, mm-hmm. this has always been a problem in my life, mm-hmm. and I'm not looking for a diagnosis on the podcast. But like, there are various conditions that 
can be conducive to this, just like joints and stuff like that, right? Like maybe I'm just not built for this, but whatever. Anyway, mm-hmm. so exercise is like, I'm doing it, but I hate it. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I don't feel any benefit from it. But like, that's just a part of my life that's always been there anyway, but I'm still doing it. For some elements of me, there isn't that much of a change. Like I relax about as much as I did before, mm-hmm. sometimes more, sometimes less, but it's dictated by my week because the amount of like structured events that I'm doing is still the same because I worked from home before. I have worked from home for f- nearly six years and my life has this structure to it, which hasn't changed. Yeah. I was gonna say like your podcast recording schedule hasn't significantly changed. No. Has it? No. No, it hasn't at all. Okay. I'm having more meetings than I've ever had before, like appointments, like calls, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I have more in my diary. Plus, I am working harder right now than I have worked in years because producing content and trying to keep everything together is taking mm-hmm. more work than it usually does because things are different right now. You have the problem that all content trends in one direction right now. Mm-hmm. There's, there's like a there's a little bit of Corona flavor in every topic, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 And so if you want to go down those routes, you can, and that's one element of hard work, or you can try and avoid it. Mm-hmm. And that's also hard work, right? So like doing that and then also just running running any business of any size. It's just inherently more difficult right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say that that's a that's a trend I definitely notice among my friends is people who run businesses are having significantly more difficult time mm-hmm. than people who don't. And it's not even if anything's going wrong. The fear of is there. Yeah. Everything's fine now, but what if it isn't in a month? Right? Mm-hmm. And it's just a lot to carry around with you. Especially when like, you know, unlike most instances, some of this stuff can be completely unrelated to your own performance. Mm-hmm. And it's just a lot to carry around, right? Like that just makes things difficult. You know, we've been talking about this a little bit and we'll have more to share in the future. Like Relay FM, my company, like we we're taking this as a time to change a bit about who we are and where Mm -hmm. our focus as a company is that takes a lot of work to do right like if you've decided that you want to adapt your business model to something a bit different like that's a lot that's hard work right so that there's been a we've i've got a lot going on which is adding a lot to everything right Mm -hmm. like i'm not sleeping as well right now because Mm. My brain doesn't stop working. I don't really see it as a downside because I have a lot of really great ideas when I can't sleep at 2.30. Like, my brain clarifies on things. Uh You know, I'm not trying to stay awake, but, like, I'm just laying there and um, my brain's just going and going and going and then, bang, there it is. I did it. This is not normal for a lot of people. A lot of people will tell you that this is a terrible time to have ideas. But for me, it works. You know, I hear a lot of people say that, that they're struggling with a problem and they wake up the next morning and they've solved it. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen to me. What happens to me is before I fall asleep, it's solved. Mm. Right? So, like, when I'm trying to get my brain to shut down, that's sometimes where things pop out. Like, that's just a way that I am. That's where I've been for years. That sounds terrible, but ah. I'm glad it works for you. Look, 
it's I would sometimes wish I could go to sleep, but if I can't <laughs> sleep, at least if I get some benefit out of that, I'm happy, right? Yeah. I prefer yeah. this to just laying there and worrying. It's not right, worry, yeah. it's like I'm coming up with ideas that like happening mm. to me then. So So yeah, it's like every day is a different feeling. Mm-hmm. You know? But on the whole, I'm just really busy right now. Mm-hmm. And so that's tiring. But I will say, I'm a man who loves travel, right? I love to travel. I get to spend time with people that I care about. I get to go Mm -hmm. to places. I get to go to restaurants, which I enjoy and experience new things. But in a similar vein to you, like the amount of quality time that me and my wife, Adina, are getting to spend together right now is unlike what we have had over the last few years. Mm -hmm. And I am enjoying that. That like we are getting to spend this time together. If I can't do that one thing, this is a really great thing to replace it. Because mm-hmm. I, oh boy, I'm, I am missing traveling. You know, I know that it, yeah. it causes so much stress in 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 our lives, right? Like to go to America and spend a week and come back, and you've lost three weeks, right? Like it's very disruptive. Mm-hmm. But I love it, right? And and so I'm missing that. Like that is the the main thing that I'm missing in my life right now is getting able to able to do that stuff. Mm-hmm. Everything else I can handle a lot better, but I am missing that. I'll sympathize with you on the travel in in perhaps the weirdest and most un- unsympathetic way. I do find myself thinking sometimes, oh, I'll be I'll be glad to travel again so that I can do a vacation. Where I can go somewhere and just be completely alone and lock myself in a hotel room for a week. No, but that's nice, though. Like, one of the things that I would like about traveling sometimes is I had time to just decompress. Mm -hmm. It became such a part of my life over the last five years. It has been the biggest thing that I have noticed. Yeah, your travel really has ramped up a lot since we first got to know each other. I feel like you hardly did any travel at the beginning. It got to the point where I was like in America basically every four to five weeks. Yeah, which is which is madness. It's absolute madness. It's been a big shift. And I know as time goes on, I'm gonna, only going to feel it more mm-hmm. that I've not been anywhere. Like, uh, you know, I like to, to travel. I'm like so happy that we got in one great trip in January. Mm-hmm. Right, where we went to LA, we had a wonderful time, and we did a bunch of really fun things. And I'm very happy we got that trip. It was like a trip of a lifetime for me. It's something it like I ticked off a bunch of boxes of things I'd always wanted to do, and then that was it. Can I make an exercise suggestion for you, Mike? Yes. I know. You, I know you won't like it, right? I know you won't like it. I'm going to very strongly suggest you get a set of a of adjustable dumbbells. So that you can do some actual weight training. Okay. Okay. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that you'll like it. I'm not saying that it that it won't hurt. <laughs> like it'll, you know, you'll feel the burn. But th- this is this is for anyone who's trying to exercise at home. This is a place to start. Even if, or especially if you you think like, oh, lifting weights, it's it's not for me. I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna very strongly suggest it because it's it's an area where you can see relatively quick progress, 
end, in many ways, you can start off on a much easier level than trying to do some of the body weight exercises. Like body weight exercises are, are totally fine when you don't have other equipment, but as, but especially if like your fitness level is not particularly high, starting with weights I think is actually better because you can do motions with like this is a two and a half pound weight and I'm just lifting it and it feels like nothing and you just slowly increase that over time. So I'm going to strongly suggest that you give it a try and, and put it in your rotation. Because I, I feel like for me, it is the most sanity keeping part of the physical routine. And like I just happened to as the very end of the year of order, I, we never got around to it. I had it as like this follow up note for weeks and weeks. But the very end of the year of order was I did get just like a very small set of dumbbells for the home just so that I could like do a little bit of exercise if I didn't have time to go to the gym. Like that by far and away is one of the best purchases and one of the most helpful quarantine items that I have. You may be resistant to it, but give it, I would give it a try. It seems difficult to find adjustable dumbbells right now. Like, <laughs> Look, here's the thing. This is a long-term situation here. I would put in some orders and see what arrives. Do you have any recommendations you can send me or shall I just find something i do have a recommendation let me just get the name can you feel how much i hate this like coming through the microphone oh yeah no i can okay, i good. can 100 feel how much you hate this okay good i just wanted to make sure <laughs> that you knew <laughs> look i i know like i totally know i'm, I'm just try, like trying to cast my mind back in time would be one of the the much more unexpected things if i were to to have a conversation with a younger self and be like, hey, man, you're going to spend the next 10 years trying to figure out how to not hate exercise. And the answer is going to end up being weightlifting. And you like this is going to be completely unexpected across every front. But just save yourself a bunch of time and do this. And also, it seems to have a much higher hit rate than I would expect with other people that I'm trying to like that I've tried to convince to do the same thing. It's like if you can do it a little bit, it has it seems to have a much higher sticking rate than other kinds of things like okay. running or whatever. Yeah. OK, but so look, here's the ones that I like and I think are really nice. I'm going to send them to you. They're called Power Block and just try to put in your order before the show goes up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, my order will be in before the show notes go out to people, right? Like... These are the kind where they're like, they're super compact and you can change the weights really easily. There's a bunch of adjustable dumbbells, but if you can't get adjustable ones, just get a little like light set of dumbbells. Get something. These are the ones that I really like, and I, I strongly suggest you and any of the listeners who are having a hard time with exercise, try this. This episode is also brought to you by Hover, one of Cortex's longest running sponsors. When you have a great idea, where do you go? For a ton of entrepreneurs, Hover is a big first leap. It is the first step you should take because your business starts with a domain name. Hover has over 300 domain name extensions to choose from. No matter what you want to build, there is a domain name waiting for it, and they have excellent technical support to answer any questions you have. They are dedicated to getting you online and not upselling you. Hover has free Whois privacy so the bad guys don't get your information, a clean user experience, and monthly sales on popular top-level domains. It is easy to see why 
Hover is the popular choice for people starting businesses. One of my favorite things about Hover is I can go from, oh, that's a good domain name, to having it registered and forwarded to somewhere else in like a minute. This is my favorite thing about it. I go to Hover.com, I search what I need, and then I can register it. I also really like that you can adapt the search really easily so you can get a couple of different names for that domain name that you're looking for. And I also love that it's super easy that once you've registered that domain name to forward it to where you need it to go. It's super awesome. I love how easy it is to also integrate with other services. Hover is the best. I know that you love great user experiences. I think that's the type of thing that's typical to people that listen to this show. You want stuff that's going to work straight out of the box. That's why I know you're going to love Hover. There are over 400 TODs, and they're like the dot something names, right, that Hover has to offer. One that stands out right now is dot art, especially if you're an artist. Maybe you want to create a website to showcase your work. I bet you can get what you're looking for with a dot art domain. You can get a custom domain name for each individual piece of art that you create. It could act as a sort of catalog that provides descriptions, details on each piece and makes your work accessible and stand out from the crowd. Buy your domain right now and start using it today by going to hover.com slash cortex and get a 10% discount on all new purchases. That's hover.com slash cortex to get that 10% discount on new purchases. Make a name for yourself with Hover. Our thanks to Hover for their support of this show and Relay FM. I mean, the other way that you can exercise is in VR, Mike. It's not quite the same as weightlifting, but you know, it can get you part of the way there. I have some fun follow-up. Mm-hmm. I was able to get an Oculus Quest. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, they came into stock and I okay. got one immediately. It's a completely different experience. If you think you've experienced VR, you haven't until you've experienced <laughs> completely wireless VR. Great. You too have heard the good news about no wires. This is everyone's response. It's more than no wires as well. It's like, I don't have to turn the computer on. Mm-hmm. And it really helps you just, because it's just it, on the kitchen table. I just pick it up, put it on, and I can play a game. Yep. I've been playing four games quite a bit that I wanted to talk about. Mm -hmm. One of them is like, we spoke about Beat Saber before. Mm -hmm. One thing we didn't talk about is Beat Saber's 360 degree levels. Well, we didn't talk about it because I didn't know that this wasn't a thing on the other headsets. So it didn't occur to me to bring it up. I don't know if it's on the other headsets, but when I played the game a bunch the first time, these levels didn't exist. Mm-hmm. It was just like straight on. Okay. But this completely changes the game in a bunch of really fun ways that the you're not just looking at like a, a conveyor belt coming straight at you. They could be coming from any direction and you have to keep on top of that. Mm-hmm. That is a very different way to play Beat Saber, which is much more fun. I think the optimal experience is the 90 degree one. Oh, yeah, but the 360 degree ones are fun. But like the, <laughs> the 90 degree ones are or 90 or 180, I think, is another option. Like it, it, it's easier to play those. Yeah, I, f- I feel like they combine uh, enough. Ooh, you got to look around for where the blocks are coming from. You don't know mm-hmm. without it being like, it's going to hit you from behind. All right. It, it's yeah. 360 is like a completely different game. I found another game which is kind of similar, but I prefer it's called Pistol Whip, which is a rhythm based shooting game. Mm-hmm. And I think this game is fantastic. It's exhilarating and challenging. How would you describe Pistol Whip? You are moving forward and you're in like these living target ranges, basically. And human-shaped figures come at you, and you have to shoot them. But it has the aesthetic that many VR games have of, like, this is a simulation. 
mm-hmm. which is way more comfortable feeling for a shooting game than this is real, right? Makes you feel different about the things that you're shooting, I think. So I think that works really nicely. I like that kind of idea. So still haven't tried Arizona Sunshine then, eh, Mike? Not yet. <laughs> not yet. You keep, I, w- I will, but just not yet. I, I need the, all of the moons to align before I try that game. I really like Pistol Whip because the songs are really good and the enemies are coming at you in a way that you can shoot them in time to a rhythm, which is very fun. And some of the levels surprise you in different ways. It is a very fun rhythm-based shooting game. I think it's great. Yeah, you recommended it to me. So I tried it. And I didn't like it the first time, but that's partly because I was having some motion sickness issues with it. It takes a bit of getting used to because you are moving. Not a lot of VR games move you, but this one moves you forward through the levels. Yeah, well, it's it's such an interesting way that the that the different systems try to handle the motion. Mm -hmm. And as I've been just trying out different games, it's interesting to see what different things do. But Pistol Whip was one of the very first ones that I had tried, and I was like, whoa, I cannot deal with this. But I revisited it because you had mentioned it again for some reason. I can't remember why. I just texted you and told you that it was incredible, and you had to try it if you haven't. Right, right. Okay. And so I I gave it a second try, and I liked it much better for a couple of reasons. One of the reasons is, I think it's a similar effect to like when I first started watching YouTube videos, I couldn't deal with the vlog style of filming where like the way that the camera bounces and is kind of jerky. Mm. At some point, having just watched a bunch of vlog videos, my brain just adapted to this. It's like, okay, I can watch this. I can watch just a handheld camera in a way that I couldn't before. And I just don't even notice it really. And I think having done a bunch of the different VR games, I came to the Pistol Whip with the same experience of, oh, my brain has learned a little bit better how to handle this. It's like getting sea legs. I genuinely think it's a good analogy. You got your VR legs. Yeah. It's funny how much the video games, like conceptual framing helps your brain. So in Pistol Whip, you are standing on a little platform and it's the platform that's moving it's not you just flying forward in space and it's like but something about just looking down and seeing the platform for a second it's like it lets your brain go okay it's fine we're 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 moving forward on a platform we're not just flying through space and i don't need to freak out about what the heck is happening i also if people are going to try pistol whip i recommend i didn't realize there there are a million settings for changing how stuff operates i think you are about to recommend exactly what i'm about to recommend but carry on okay so i'm going to recommend you want to do do uh dual wielding yes because it's much more fun much better and i'm going to recommend the dead eye setting which takes off like baby's first auto aimer for oh, hitting targets okay those are my two suggestions because the the, the first time i played it as well they're like aim assist was way too strong for me i felt like it was impossible to not hit the targets not enough of a challenge huh? yeah I, yeah i just found i like it's not or i should rephrase that it's not that it wasn't enough of a challenge it was more like it's too obvious that the system is really helping me out here right so so those are my suggestions like dual wielding because dual wielding is fun and i would say turn on dead eye which which removes the uh, aim assist but what what, is, what was going to be your suggestion i was mostly going to say 
just dual wield. Yeah, because the dead eye I've turned I turn on and off sometimes. It depends on what I'm what I'm looking for in that <laughs> moment from the game. Yeah, what you're in the mood for. <laughs> yeah, do I want to be precise or do I just want to move around? You know. Yeah, I, I will. I will say that the aesthetic in Pistol Whip is great mm-hmm. for people in the know. It's very much like the opening scene of Lawnmower Man, which is right up my alley. Mm-hmm. But it, it's also. It's also something I wish more of the VR developers would do is, guys, like, don't try to make it look real. I much prefer the games, for the most part, that lean into the, like, the vector style yeah. artwork. Super hot, really. Yeah, this. super, super hot. Yeah. Pistol Whip is like a mixture of super hot and Beat Saber to me. Like, that's kind of how it feels. Yeah, that's a great way to describe it. It's a, it's a really good cross between those two. But I just like it's it's been interesting having tried a ton of games is I'm, I'm very aware of like the, the more abstract stuff just works much better. And I'm not a big fan of most of the games where they're trying to make it look super real. It's like, no, no guys, lean into the li- limitation. Except for Arizona Sunshine, right? Yeah, I like Arizona Sunshine. But for the most part, like, you, guys, you don't need to make a tree that you're trying to make look like a tree. I'm perfectly fine with a circular triangular pyramid on, on top of a cylinder. And you just color one green and one brown. Like, I can go with that i think these are the difference this is like the main difference between vr gaming and non-vr gaming non-vr gaming the more real it looks the more engaging it is Mm -hmm. but with vr gaming you don't need visuals to make it engaging yeah like just make the mechanics work because you just accept the world you're in immediately Mm -hmm. if the physics are good and the mechanics Mm -hmm. work well you just accept it so you don't it doesn't need to be photorealistic for me to believe that i'm there Yes, yeah, that, that, that's exactly right. Like your brain, because they're objects, is just willing to go along with it in a way that you don't need to be tricked that it looks real. And I wish developers would spend less time trying to make stuff look real because it's like it's still not quite there yet and it just doesn't it just doesn't need to be. But so that is also partly why I like the aesthetic for Pistol Whip. It's like they're not trying to make it look real and it's totally fine. I was glad that you poked me again about that one Hmm. because I did enjoy it much better after I think my brain was a little bit more used to the motion. Except the only thing I have to be careful about is every once in a while, if I take a step backward, for some reason that that still throws my brain way off of Hmm. like, what's what the hell is happening? Like if I take a step backwards, like something about the physics doesn't work. So I I try to make sure it's like forward only, backward, no. That's interesting. (laughs) Have you come across Audica? No, I haven't. It is a rhythm game made by Harmonix. Okay. Which is the company that made Rock Band. Okay. This is the most comprehensive best made rhythm game I've come across in VR. Okay. Because it's made by like the rhythm game people. It is complex. Like there is a lot of stuff going on. You Mm -hmm. have like, sometimes you're shooting, sometimes you're holding, sometimes you're hitting things out of the sky and you Mm -hmm. kind of have to, like Rock Band, there are like different shapes Mm -hmm. and you have to understand what you are supposed to do based on the shape. And they have real licensed music, and it's fantastic. Okay, I'll check it out. Like, it's just like mechanically, it's done so well. It's like, oh, I feel really good when I'm getting this right, just like when I used to feel really good when I was getting Rock Band right. Mm -hmm. Like, in a way that Beat Saber is satisfying when you are doing a good job, 
but I don't really feel accomplished. Mm-hmm. But in Autica, I feel accomplished because I'll play a level and I'll play it again and I'm better at it. Play it again and I'm better at it. And like mm-hmm. it's that repetition of getting better and better that harmonics know how to do really well. Mm. And it is really, really excellent. Like if, mm. if you've played any type of rhythm game on VR and enjoyed it, I really recommend this one. And I also found a pottery game. <laughs> I saw the pottery game in the store and I had this moment of, I should probably tell Mike about that. But then I thought, there's no way he doesn't know yeah. already that there's I a pottery game. I just turned on my Oculus one day. I was like, oh my God, it's a pottery game. And like, <laughs> it's not pottery. It isn't, right? But it's like close in some ways. Right. And it's it's fun and weird. It's, it's trying to be realistic in certain ways, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not trying to be like a weird VR game. I enjoy it. Like, I don't love it. I don't love it anywhere close to the the way that I love the other games that I've mentioned. But it was just like a really funny thing to happen to me. I was like mm-hmm. so excited when I saw it and I played it. And I was like, you know what? Pottery VR game, you're very calming. So I appreciate <laughs> that about you. I'm glad you do. There's all these interesting VR experiences that can be had. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's funny because when you mentioned before about how oh, there's no there's no substitute for travel... I, I was thinking a little bit about the VR systems because, you know, I have I've genuinely found the Quest to be a great tool for creating the experience of being in another space. I really think it has been meaningfully helpful, especially without the ability to go outside to be able to use the Quest. And I do have it kind of slotted into my schedule of, of like exercise rotation because I think it is useful to do this on a regular basis. It, it's just, it's very interesting how your brain is willing to go along with it. And ever since we did that demo years ago, this is one technology where I feel like I'm really excited to see the future of this. And speaking of like going back to the start of the show, but speaking of the physical distances in, in places, it's like, man, I am gunning for the day that I can do work in a VR environment. Like for for when the headsets get light enough and comfortable enough and the resolution gets high enough so that text is sharp. Hmm. Even just in the quest, some of those those loading environments where you're just picking, you know, what game you want to play, but they put you in like, oh, you're in a little Japanese house and and the lotus flowers are falling. Like it's so yeah beautiful and i i really have this strong feeling of if i could i would totally write in this huh. geodesic dome 100 percent, i would do that but the technology just isn't there yet but you know like when using these it's gonna get there right like you can feel yeah it, right like it's close yeah, that's that's what i mean by i'm, I'm excited yeah. about this because it's like okay in a couple generations if we can cut down the weight of the headset by half and if say the the resolution can increase by double or four times like we can get there and it's going to go there so like i find myself really quite excited for that of like i know and can see like i will use something like this as a working environment at some point in the future for sure like there is no doubt about that in my mind and i just like i look forward to that to that becoming reality at some point. What I will say is, for me, like it is a replacement for outside. Mm-hmm. It's not a replacement for travel. Right. 
Okay, yeah, that that's a good way to put it. That's a good way to put it. I can feel that like, oh, I did a thing today. Like that thing could have been going to the park. Mm-hmm. It's not like I've been out of the country for 10 days. Like it doesn't, it's not that level. Because yeah. I don't think I could do VR for 10 days. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I'm, I'm not saying I want to take a vacation in VR yet. Yeah, yet. yeah, you are. <laughs> you want to do that. Don't say you don't want to do that. You do. That's more like 20 years from now. Right, but right, yeah, right. for sure. And look, I know you've played Animal Crossing. I watched the stream. It went exactly as I expected. For some reason, people think that I wanted you to play when I explicitly said I didn't want you to play this game. I know, I know. I I asked, I asked if I should try it, and you said yes. That's that's the way that went. Mm. Well, I didn't want you to play it because I knew how you were gonna. Well, okay, maybe it was like I said you should try it, but I knew how it was gonna go. Like I wasn't surprised about the fact that you hated this game. Right. I knew you were gonna hate it. Yeah, no, I mean we don't we don't need to discuss it in detail. The the evidence is the evidence is there mm-hmm. for people. I didn't expect to like the game and I was correct. One could suggest that you went into it negatively. One could suggest oh. that you were not in the correct space to play the game when you t- went at it, but you know, one you know could that, that is totally fair, but the thing is Animal Crossing annoyed me in all sorts of ways that I wasn't expecting. Right. So mm-hmm. I think even under the most ideal of circumstances, there is no way that I would like this game. But it's like I had expectations to be annoyed and I was annoyed in ways that I was completely blindsided by. This is not Animal Crossing specific. I think this is a kind of Nintendo disease. Nintendo likes to take things slow sometimes yeah. like in there. And all of the Nintendo first party games, they're real chill about dialogue boxes and... You're selecting a racing track for Mario Kart and, you know, hey, guys, don't you just want to watch this spinner spin for a while? No, I f-ing don't. Like, I want to pick yep. a course and go. I have a way to describe Nintendo, mm-hmm. Nintendo's development. It's painful charm. That's, yeah. That tends like, to be yeah. the way that Nintendo makes their games. They're like, they're charming and they do things in the way that they do them. But sometimes yeah. it's really painful. Yeah. And like with Animal Crossing, it's that everything runs in real time. I like that it runs in real time, but sometimes... It's like, oh, jeez, Tom, look, will you just destroy the bridge right now? Why is it going to take you a day to destroy the bridge, Tom? Oh, I gave you 50,000 bells be for this. <laughs> yeah, like, so so that is a Nintendo disease. And I think Animal Crossing may be its most pure expression. I am glad I, I at least played it for a little bit. So I have I had a bit more of a like a firsthand experience mm. of, of what this was. But yeah, I, v- I very quickly realized, like, you know what I don't want to do? I don't want to press A 20,000 times over the course of many hours to accomplish things. So I'm going to bail on this. But I'm glad I tried it. I'm glad I tried it. 